so thankful to the Lord for every child that is born into Tree of Life Church and, and we just commit ourselves to the things of God. Amen. The, the precious young people and children that call Tree of Life Church home are so special to us. And we pray for them. We're praying for them. Let's continue to lift them up before the Lord in prayer. And their parents and their families. We're honored for all that the Lord has done. Uh, we had a wonderful time in the Holy Ghost this morning. Didn't we have a good time in the presence of the Lord today? We thank God. Amen. For all that He's doing. Thank the Lord. Uh, I said it this morning. I'm so glad to be home. This has been a busy summer, but we're so thankful to be home. And I thank God for the outstanding anointed ministry of Tree of Life Church. We are so blessed to have powerful, dynamic preachers and teachers of the Word of God, and I thank them sincerely for carrying the great, important burden of preaching the Word of God across this very sacred, sacred desk. Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. We're honored tonight to have some very special guests with us. Uh, we have the Byfield family from Paris, France, and they're on their way back over to Paris, France. And uh, of course, uh, we, we thank God, Brother and Sister Dixon, were able to be in Paris uh, for a year, uh, last year and the year before that, and uh, we're able to work uh, with Brother and Sister Byfield. Sister Byfield is the daughter of Brother and Sister Novaki, longtime missionaries in Paris, France, and uh, we love this family very much and are grateful that they are here in Cincinnati, Ohio tonight. We want to get behind them and help them. Paris is a city that is integral to the work of God uh, around the world, and, uh, and we know that it is, a, it is an epicenter of all things cultural, of all things international, and we thank God for the ministry of the work of God that goes on there. And we want to help this family fulfill their calling and the vision that God has given them. Would you receive Brother Dean Byfield with a great hand clap of appreciation as he comes and takes his liberty tonight? God bless you, sir. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if we could give that hand clap of praise to the King of Kings. It's good to give him a standing ovation. He's worthy of all our praise. Amen. The Bible says from the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, his name is to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You may be seated. My, what an awesome honor and privilege it is to be here at Tree of Life tonight. I've heard so much about this church. I've heard so much about your pastor. And when I realized that we had the opportunity to be here, I was kind of intimidated. I said, I don't know if I could handle that situation. But it's so good to be here. Thank you, Pastor and Sister Urshan, Joel Urshan, for allowing us to be here. We uh, thank the Innises also for being so kind to us. As Pastor said, uh, my wife is an MK, a missionary kid. And so their, their missionary roots go back a long way, and they're always connected. And my wife has told me a lot about that family, and it's such a joy and a privilege to be here. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place, and I believe that God wants to touch lives and hearts. I'm under the opinion, I believe that, amen, I believe that whenever we come to the house of the Lord, that we could walk out of here changed, only if we want to. You know, back in the book of Genesis, the Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord moved on the face of the earth. 
It was an earth that was without form or void. But the Spirit of the Lord moved on the face of the earth, and the earth was never the same. And ever since that time, whenever the Spirit of the Lord moves, nothing is ever the same. Things change when the Spirit of the Lord moves. And so I'm thankful that I feel that same Spirit here today because that's a witness to me that He can change lives. Amen. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, God is here and He can change lives. I want my wife to come. She's going to come for a few minutes and just tell you a little bit about France and what, and what we're doing in France. And she's going to come with my, my son, Caleb. He is three years old, Caleb. I always uh, say that we don't know what's going to happen in the next few minutes here with Caleb on the platform. But you kind of bear with us. Caleb is our miracle. When uh, my wife and I got married, uh, we, went, we were trying to have children. We went to the doctor. And the doctor, as we sat in, in her office, she said, well, uh, Mrs. Byfield, you're not going to be able to have children. It's impossible for you to have children. So we said, well, we'll just pray, and if that's the will of the Lord, we'll accept it, but we'll just pray and see what God says. A few weeks later, we found out that while the doctor was telling us that, my wife was already pregnant with Caleb. Amen. Amen. Whose report will you believe? Amen. I believe the report of the Lord, and I'm thankful for all that God has done. Thankful for my wife, uh, thankful for my family, thankful for what God is doing in our lives. And I want her to leave a brief word of testimony with you. He said, praise the Lord, I love the Lord in, in French. Gloire au Seigneur, tout le monde, c'est une joie d'être ici avec vous à Cincinnati. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's such a joy to be with everyone here with the Saints of the Most High in Cincinnati. Et uh, je suis tellement contente, je sens la présence du Seigneur. I'm so happy because I feel God's presence. Et comme le psalmiste David dit, je suis dans la joie quand on me dit, allons à la maison de l'Éternel. Uh, parce que dans sa présence, c'est le meilleur endroit où être. And as the psalmist David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord, because the best place to be. I bring you greetings from France, and I'm so glad to be here at Tree of Life. Brother Urshan, Pastor Urshan, it's so great to be with you. Brother and Sister Enos, we go way back. I don't remember when I first met you. I was probably four years old, so I'm so glad to see you. And Heidi's in the back. Hi. <laughs> it's so great to be here and to see the Dixons, too. Um, there's great things happening in France, and you can start the slideshow now. Um, you'll see on the first slide, it's my brother and I, and my mother's in the background, and we rounded up a bunch of neighborhood friends, and we had our first church in our garage, and my mother taught us Bible uh, Sunday school. And uh, then uh, I, I, stay, I stayed in France for a while. I grew up in France. Uh, I returned to Canada when I was about 17 to pursue my studies, and I stayed there quite a while. Uh, however, the call of God was always on my heart to return to France, and uh, after many years, we finally went back in 2015. Uh, we were supposed to go for a year, and it turned out to be three years, because there was such a great call of God and such a need in France for uh, people to be saved. And in those three years so far, we've seen over 200 people baptized and filled the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
to give you an example, in our home church in Melun, uh, we've had so many people on Sunday mornings that we've uh, we had to put them in the basement and do live feed with them. So that wasn't working. So what we did is uh, we started a new project called Destiné de Doublé, Destined to Double. And now we have two services on Sunday, one at 9 and one at 11.30, and both already packed. So we're excited about that. We really need a new building in Melun, in Jesus' name. The French people love gospel music. So if you play Oh Happy Day, they'll just go crazy. They just love it. So um, you saw in one of our slides, there was our choir. They were singing in one of the malls at Christmas. And then we also sing in several villages and city squares. Uh, in one of them, there was a mayor from another town. He asked us to come back and sing for, uh, have our choir sing in his town because they, he really loved what he heard. And then in Fontainebleau, where Caleb was born, we sang there. And we've actually had our first cell group meeting from that last month. So thank God for that. And... <laughs> This past week, we had tremendous news. They actually want us to come back this Christmas during their market, uh, uh, Christmas market, and they want us to be like required to sing for them. So we're praying that God opens doors and we have a church in Fontainebleau. In Jesus' name. Um, when we head back, there's so many things we want to do. One of the things we want to start is campus ministries. We have a lot of university students on campus who have so many friends. Uh, that want to hear uh, the gospel of Jesus. And so um, we're actually, before, we're, they're actually going to start it without us in September and October, and we're going to start campus ministries um, because that's really our future leaders, political, economical, financial. So we want to reach that group of people right now. So if you could pray with us that we head back to France quickly. There's such a great need. France has 66 million people, only 17 UPC churches. Uh, to put that in perspective, the state of Ohio has close to 14 million people and around 140 churches. So France is severely underchurched, and we need to reach France with the gospel. Thank you for your prayers. We appreciate you so much. Amen. In addition to your prayers, and we do cover your prayers, in addition to your prayers, if you want to help us in any way financially, you are able to do that. My wife has a table in the back uh, after church. You could uh, see her. There's some items that she has there for sale, and that will help us uh, in our funds, raising uh, some of our expenses while we're traveling around the states. And also on that table, there will be a, a green form. I didn't bring any with me, a green form and a yellow form. The green form is if you want to help us with any projects uh, while we're in France, there's uh, education for Caleb, there's some language studies for me, there's some fair uh, monies to get back to France, feel free to do that, that would be appreciated. And there are also yellow forms that you can help us on a monthly basis if you would like, if you feel led to do that, God bless you, we would appreciate that. As my wife said, there's much to do in France, and we are excited to go back there. God is doing a great work. As she said, over 200 people have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the last few years. Uh, France is, is experiencing unprecedented revival, and we're thankful for that. We know that when you hear about France in the news, normally it's not very good news. You probably hear about terrorist attacks and things like that, but I'm here to tell you that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. And in the midst of all that, God is doing a mighty work, and I think the best is yet to come. I can't wait to get back. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for partnering with us. And your prayers could absolutely go across the globe. 
absolutely glow across the globe. And when you, ever, you hear about France, I ask that you pray for the Byfield family and pray for uh, all our missionaries that are in France and pray that the, word of, the work of God continues without hindrance. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's such a joy to be here tonight. If you would stand with me. Uh, I want to uh, speak to you for a few minutes tonight on something I feel God has put on my heart. Uh, if you would turn in your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1. We are thankful to be here. We appreciate everything, all the kindness that we have felt so far, the hospitality. We thank you so much. And what a beautiful presence of the Lord that we have felt here so far. Thankful for that. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1. Bible reads as thus, and now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the, in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil, pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. I want to speak to you for a few moments this evening on something I have entitled, Wanted Empty Vessels. Wanted Empty Vessels. Vessels. Can we pray for just a few minutes and ask the Lord to have his perfect way here in, in this service this evening? Lord Jesus, we ask you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. We believe. We believe, Lord Jesus. We trust you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let it be so, God. Amen. Amen. Before you sit down, give somebody a high five and say, are you an empty vessel? Amen. And you may be seated. Amen. The story that we just read is a familiar story to many. In 2 Kings chapter 4, we read this narrative of this woman that was in a desperate situation, to say the least. Her husband, who was a prophet, was dead. She had debt that she was unable to repay. And to make matters worse, there were creditors that were knocking on her door to take her sons to be bondmen. And they were well within their rights to do that because Mosaic law had stated that if someone had a debt that they could not repay, the creditors were allowed to take their family and use them as indentured servants until those debts had been paid off. And so they were there at her door knocking. And so this lady, which was the wife of a prophet, she understood one thing. She understood that I'm in such a desperate situation that I need to go and see the prophet. 
The prophet's name was Elisha. And this lady, by virtue of her knowing and being the wife of a prophet, she knew that when she went to Elisha, she was not just going to a man to hear an answer from a man. But she knew that when she went to the prophet, that the prophet was the mouthpiece of God. And when she would ask the prophet how to help her in this desperate situation, whatever answer that he gave her would be an answer from God. It was not going to be an answer from his human reasoning or his human intellect, but it was going to be an answer from God. So she gets to Elisha and she kind of rehearses her dilemma before him. And she says to him, what, 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 what's happening with her? And Elijah turns around to the woman and he asks her a peculiar question. He says, well, ma'am, what do you have in your house? Well, uh, if it were me, I'd say, well, I don't have anything in my house. I've just come to tell you that the creditors are looking, they're knocking on my door. And if obviously if I had something in my house, I would give it to them. But I have nothing in my house. And so she tells him that answer. And then if that question wasn't peculiar, the next instruction that he gives to her is even more peculiar. He says to her, ma'am, what I want you to do is I want you to go to all your neighbors, you and your sons. And I want you to go to all of them. I want you to knock on their doors. And I want you to borrow empty vessels, not a few. He says, go to all your neighbors and borrow empty vessels. What? Elisha, uh, 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 now, now, do you mean that I need to go to my neighbors and perhaps borrow some money or borrow some meal or, or borrow some pots that are filled with something? I have nothing right now, and you're telling me to go get more of nothingness. And, and the prophet said, this is what I want you to do. Go and borrow from your neighbors empty vessels. Everyone say empty vessels. And I know by human reasoning. That that lady must have thought at that moment in time, I don't understand what this prophet is saying to me. But I know that he's a man of God and I'm going to do what he says. Can I tell us as a church tonight that many times we approach God and we ask him for things. And we ask God what he wants to do in our lives and how he wants to move in our lives. And many times he does not respond the way that we want him to. And many times that's when we reach the end of our road because God hasn't responded the way we want him to. And we say, well, he must not be moving on my behalf. But can I remind you of Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8. He says, my thoughts saith the Lord, are so much higher than your thoughts. My ways are not your, your ways. He says, for as far as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. What are you trying to tell us tonight, preacher? I'm trying to tell you this. Don't get discouraged when you don't get the answer you think that you need to get from God because he operates not in the natural but in the supernatural. He operates on another level. He operates in another dimension than you can even think or imagine. And sometimes we become so discouraged because we bring our issues and our problems to God. And he doesn't seem to give us the answers that we need. But this woman brought this problem to the man of God. And as he gave her the instructions to do what he told her to do, the Bible doesn't record that she even questioned him. But she went and did exactly that. 
Faith and obedience is still right on. Faith and obedience to the word of God is still the thing for the day. If we are obedient and have faith in God, it'll take us a very long way. So the woman gets her sons. And can you imagine with me the conversation? Now, I don't know if her sons were teenagers, but you know whenever mom and dad tell you something, when you're children, nothing ever makes sense that mom and dad said. When I was a teenager, I thought my parents were the dumbest people in the world. I thought I knew everything. I was amazed how much I knew and how much they did not know. And so these, this mom probably came to these boys and said, now listen, this is what the prophet said. Go to all our neighbors, knock on their doors, and ask them for empty vessels. Mom? Mom, really? This whole neighborhood probably knows about our situation. We might be a little bit embarrassed now, but you want us to go out and knock on people's doors and ask them for empty vessels. Yes, boys, that's what you have to do. I could just picture it. They're walking down the street. They're walking down the neighborhood, and they're knocking on Mrs. Brown's door and, and, and Mr., Mr. Whatever's door, and they're saying, can I have some empty vessels? And as they're walking back to their house, I can just imagine the neighborhood. These people have lost their minds. What are they doing? Some of her neighbors probably came over to her and said, now listen, lady. Now, I, I know that you're going through a bad situation. Now, I, why don't you just try to sleep on this tonight? Get some rest. You're sending your sons to all these houses to borrow empty vessels. Why don't you just get some rest and think about what you're doing? You say the prophet told you to do this. I, I, I'm not so sure. Maybe, maybe you're kind of hallucinating a little bit. Maybe you just need to uh, take a different direction with this. That's what happens sometimes in our lives. When God gives us direction that does not make sense, be careful who you share that with. Because many times there are people that will doubt and try to steal the miracle that God has prepared for you. And they might tell you, well, I I'm not sure if that's what God wants you to do. Are you sure? You ask, are you sure that's what God's? Sometimes, you know the next set of instructions that the prophet gave her? He says, when you borrow those empty vessels, go into your house and shut the door. Sometimes we, when we get a word from God, we've got to shut out the voices of the doubters and the naysayers and the people that would say, I don't think this is God. Sometimes you've just got to shut the door and say, I don't care what you say, but I know what God told me and I believe in him. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Let God be true. I believe that we are living in the last days where God is going to do unprecedented things through his people, things that we have never heard about before. But do not sell yourself short by trying to match that up with someone else's story. God is going to do a different thing through you. He's going to do a new thing through you. He's going to do a miraculous thing through you. It might not make sense, but he wants to do it to benefit his kingdom. I don't read anywhere in the Bible where we say it says that we have to understand God. I know I read in the Bible where it says that we have to have faith in God. We have to believe. No matter what it is, we have to believe in God. But sometimes we will not understand God. 
And it's important that we shut out those voices and know if God said it, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pursue whatever God says in my life. I know it might not make sense, but I'm going to pursue the will of God in my life. Empty vessels. Empty vessels. And as they bring the vessels into that house, they line those vessels up. And that woman takes what she had in her house. And she begins to pour oil into those vessels. And what little she had, it was only a short time before she realized that the little that I have, there's a supernatural touch that's touching the little I have. Because the little I have would not be able to accomplish what I needed to accomplish. But because of my faith in God and my obedience, he's going to take the little bit that I have and he is going to perform his will and he is going to perform his way and he is going to have his way in this situation. Stop worrying about you don't have it. You can't do it. I'm not good enough. I've done so much bad. I've done this and I've done that. Don't worry about that. The God that we serve will take whatever you have and he'll make it right to perform his purpose and his service. To God that we serve, nobody is disqualified. No one in this room, I don't care about your background. I don't care about your past. In fact, I don't care what you did last night. No one in this place is disqualified from the move of God and what God wants to do in your life. I want to preach to somebody tonight that you might be feeling discouraged. You might have started a ministry and something might have stopped it. Something might have hindered it. But let me tell you, God is still there and he's waiting for you. You have not been disqualified. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And so she's pouring the oil into those vessels. She keeps pouring and to her amazement, every single empty vessel is being filled. Every single one of them, without every one of them. And so as she's filling them, finally she gets to the point where she says to her sons, bring me another vessel. And her son says to her, well, mom, there are no more empty vessels. And at that time, the Bible says this. That was the moment that the oil stopped flowing when there were no more empty vessels. Can I speak to you tonight just for a few more minutes and say that I believe that God is getting ready to pour out his spirit into lives in the hearts of people today. And the same God that miraculously filled those vessels thousands of years ago is here today and he's still filling empty vessels. This time you and I are the vessels and this time the oil that's being poured out is his spirit, it's his direction, it's his purpose, it's his guidance for our lives and he's still pouring it out today. The oil is still being poured out today. The miraculous oil is still being poured out today. The Bible says, for I am the Lord and I change not. 
There's no reason why he would stop pouring out today. He's still pouring it out. He's the God that has endless resources. He doesn't run out of resources. If he poured out into your life this morning, he could pour out into your life this afternoon. He could pour out into your life on Monday. He is still pouring out into the lives of his people. He wants to pour into your life, into my life. If you feel in this room that you've reached the pinnacle of what God has for you, you're sadly mistaken. God has got so much more for you in your life, and he wants to pour into you. The master of the universe stands on the balconies of heaven, if you will, and he's just looking for someone that's an empty vessel and say, here, I want to pour, I want to pour some things into your life. And just as in this story, the only requirement for those vessels to be filled is that they were empty. I don't read anywhere that the prophet said they have to be a certain size. They have to be a certain make or model. He didn't say any of that. He simply said, go get them because they're empty. That's what I want, empty vessels. That's all. He didn't give any more prerequisites. He just said they've got to be empty vessels. That's all I want. In fact, if my imagination goes with me a little bit, some of those vessels that had oil poured into them might have been sitting in one neighbor's trash heap. It might have been discarded by everybody else and ready to be put out in the trash and be gone. But that didn't matter. The only thing that mattered is that it was empty. Even though it might have been discarded, that didn't matter. The only thing that mattered was that it was empty. Some of them might have even looked worn out. But that didn't matter. Only thing that mattered is that they were empty vessels. And God... Today, he's still pouring that oil out. God wants to pour in your life today, in my life, no matter what your need is, no matter what you look like, no matter your background, no matter your family name, your ethnicity, whether this is your first day in the church or you've been in the church all your life, it doesn't matter. The God of heaven is still looking to pour out into your life and to touch your life. He wants to fill you with joy unspeakable. He wants to fill you with the peace that passeth all understanding. He wants to give you salvation for your soul, victory over sin, direction and purpose for your life. He wants to give you power over the enemy. He wants to give you hope. You see, the oil that was poured out in those empty vessels in this New Testament story was an essentiality for their lives. They needed oil for everything that they did. They needed oil to light their lamps, to be illuminants. They needed oil for food. They even traded 
oil for money for their finances. It was an essential for everything that they did. I have news for you today. The Holy Ghost is an essentiality not for us just to come here and to feel his presence, but for you to get genuine direction and walk in the fullness of what God has for you. The Holy Ghost is here to do that in your life. I don't want to just be charged and thrilled by the Holy Ghost, but I want it to accomplish everything that it needs to accomplish in my life. God wants to do that. And I think that we are living in a generation where more than ever before God is saying, I want to pour out my spirit in my people. And I want them to do a work for me in these last days. So the question now becomes, how do I become an empty vessel? God, I want you to use me, but how do I become an empty vessel? Well, I've got one way. The first way that you could do that is just repent. Say, God, forgive me for everything that I have been. That's not what you have wanted me to be. Repentance never gets old. We can't cover it with all. We can't even cover repentance with a ministry and ministry involvement. If we find out that we're not emptied out before God, the one thing we need to do is just say, God, I'm sorry, God. Just make me what I need to be for you. But God is absolutely requiring empty vessels. You are an empty vessel First, when you repent, but when you come to a place where you absolutely trust God for your life. You do not come to him as that woman could have with preconceived ideas. You don't come and you, 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 don't, you don't come to God and say, God, this is what I need. This is when you need to do it. And this is the time when you need to do it. No, no. You come to God and say, God, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. I'm coming before you as an empty vessel. And I want you to do what you will in my life. Being an empty vessel sometimes is not easy. I know just by the size of this congregation's this congregation there, there's a percentage of people in here today that you have been carrying things around in your heart for a long time. Some of it might not even be your fault. It might be past hurt. It might be things where people close to you have hurt you and, and things that you have done. And you're walking around with this guilt and you're walking around and you've been walking around with it so long. But I have a Savior that says, come unto me. Come unto me. If you want to be an empty vessel, just unload those things on me. I'll take, take my burden, for my burden is light and my yoke is easy. I want to become an empty vessel before my Savior. Whatever is in my life that's hindering his work, I want to unload that and say, God, let me be an empty vessel. It's a place where you are willing to obey God even when you don't understand. I've had times in my life when God has showed me things and I've said, God, I truly don't understand what you're doing. He's done things in my life. I got to a place where I had a lot of money one time and I had a good job and I had good cars. I, got, I had this, but God took it all out of my life. Had no idea what God was doing. But I could look back on my life now and say, thank you, God, that you did that in my life. Thank you, God, that you began to take those things out of my life. Because you had something for me to do. And there's no way that you could have filled me with your purpose if I was filled with my purpose. 
And so I had to be empty of Dean and have Christ in me leading me and guiding me. And so that's what God wants to do for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. He wants you to say, you know, there's nothing wrong with having desires and things like that in your life. But God says, why don't you put me first? Empty yourself before me and allow me to come in to your life. Be an empty vessel because I'm willing to pour myself into your life. This is such an important concept. I come to a close quickly here. In the kingdom of God, it's lost on us sometimes in the 21st century. Becoming an empty vessel because we're so used to having resources here in North America. If plan A doesn't work out, well, we'll just go to plan B. Plan B doesn't work out, well, I'll just go to plan C. And then somewhere down the line, if none of that works out, then maybe I'll try God. And God says, why don't you just try me first? And we are in danger. I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not preaching condemnation or judgment here, but we are in danger. Jesus thought it was so important. His first message, his Sermon on the Mount, he stood up before those people and he said, blessed are the poor spirits. What do you mean, Jesus? Let's go take over the Romans. No, 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 no. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those that are humble before me. Those that have unloaded, unleashed their stuff before me so I could feel it. Blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, he was saying when you come to God, we must realize our own sin and our spiritual emptiness and poverty that we are without God. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He said, I want you to be poor in spirit because I want to bless you. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Close with this. if It's appropriate for the musicians to come. We get through the scriptures, the Holy Bible, and we get to the book of Revelation. Pastor Urshan and I turn to Revelation and I, I read about a God in Revelation 1.13 where it talks about him being in the middle of the seven candles. Those representing the churches and here is God that it says in the middle, in the middle of his church. Then I read about those seven churches. But when I come to a scripture, it says this. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Wait a minute. Wasn't he in the middle? How did he get outside? And now he's to the point. You know why? Because in Revelation 3.17, he says, Thou sayest, I am rich, increase with goods, and have need of nothing. And knowest not, he said, that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. In other words, he was in the middle of his church. But because they had their own resources, they said, I don't need him to be in the middle anymore. Let me put him out. But the wonderful thing about the Savior is that when they put him out, he could have said, okay, 
I've done enough for you. See you later. But the narrative is this. He stands at the door and knocks. He says, give me another chance. I want to come back in. I want to be in your life. I want to use you. I want to pour out my spirit in your life. Give me another chance. I pray today as I close that we would realize what God wants to do in our lives. There's a scripture in the Bible that tells us to lay aside the weight and the sin that so easily beset us. What's more important than God moving and working in your life? What's more important than the Savior, the King of Kings, and the Master of the universe pouring purpose, destiny into your life? What could be more important than that? I know for a fact that we are going to turn this world upside down in these last days. And the people that are going to do that are the people that have come to God and said, God, no more me, but you. And when God begins to work through you, nothing is impossible. I had a young lady that went to a state university in New York. She just wanted to be used of God. She was in a religion class, and they started inviting all these different people into her religion class, and they, were, they, they invited somebody that, that spoke about Christianity, and, and the person got up in front of the class and says, I don't believe in the Holy Ghost and, and baptism in Jesus' name. It's not real, but I, I'm a Christian. I'm a professing Christian. And that young lady in my youth group said, uh-uh. She went to that college professor. She looked in his face, and she says, you better have me bring my youth pastor here. Because that man just represented a Christianity that I don't believe in. She just wanted God to use that situation. She saw a situation where God could, could, could minister. So she came to me and she says, would you come to my class? I said, let's go now. We went to that class and I prepared a little lesson about the word of God. And how the word of God is real and how it's powerful. And I taught that lesson in that state university. A young man came up to me after the lesson and I taught them about the Holy Ghost, taught them about being baptized in Jesus' name. He came up to me afterwards, he pointed his finger in my face, he says, listen, I'm a youth pastor at a church, a local church, and my pastor tells me that you don't have to receive the Holy Ghost <clears throat> by speaking with other tongues. And you don't have to be baptized in Jesus' name. I said, I don't want to get in a conflict with you. But I simply shared the word of God with you today. And I got what I told you out of the word of God because I believe he's real. I said, do you believe in the Holy Ghost? He says, well, my pastor says, I said, I'm asking you if you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He says, well, I've never really seen it before. So I got my Bible and I showed him. He looked at me and he said, if this is real, can God give it to me right now? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. So he's got his crew of friends behind him. 
And they're all playing the cool game, you know. And I said, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost right here. He says, right here? I said, right here. I said, I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to first repent. He lifted his hands and repented. I said, okay, now I want you to begin to worship God. Begin to give God praise and glory. Lift him up. Begin to say hallelujah. Begin to worship God. And I said, in a few minutes, you'll begin to speak in a language that you've never learned before. And that's the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit of God coming into your heart. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you are going to lift up praises unto God in a heavenly language. That's what's about to happen to you. In the middle of a New York State college classroom, that young man lifted his hand. And within five minutes, he began speaking with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. And the reason all that happened was because there was a young lady that says, I might not ever get behind a pulpit to preach. I might not get that kind of opportunity in my church, but I see an opportunity and I'm going to ask God to use me. I'm going to be an empty vessel. I don't care. It might be inconvenient, but I'm going to be an empty vessel and ask God to use me. And because she allowed God to pour into her and to use her, that young man received the baptism of the Holy Ghost right there. Can you just imagine what God wants to do in your life? Oh God, I can't. I'm this, I'm that. I'm not able to do this. No, God, I can't. He says, whatever your insecurities are, give them to me. I'll take them. And then when you give them to me, you become an empty vessel. And I could just begin to pour my purpose into your life and use you for my purpose and my service. Feel the presence of the Lord in this place. I'm reaching for someone today where you feel like you're ready to give up. You feel like you're no use to this church anymore. You feel like you're no use probably to your, to your spouse, to your family, or you, you just feel like you're, you're, you're kind of ready to throw in the towel. I'm reaching for you right now. God is saying, no, 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 no. I'm ready to pour out. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter what you're going through. I'm ready to pour into you because I want to use you for my service. Hands lifted. I wonder if for a few minutes that we could just cry out for our individual lives right now. God, use me. If you can use anything, Lord. God, I want to lay aside all these things, all these preconceived ideas, all these things that I've come to you with. All of these excuses, all the reasons why I can't be all I need to be for you, I want to lay them aside right now. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I don't know your situation this evening in this room. But if you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I invite you to come forward. God wants to pour that oil into your life this evening. He loves you. It doesn't matter what your background is, but God is saying, I want to pour. This is not about religion, but this is about the purpose of God being accomplished in your life. God wants to do that right now. If there's someone in this congregation that says, I, 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 need, I need more of God in my life. I need, I need to God to pour some, some things into me. So I need to empty myself of some things. I wonder if we can make our way to the front. Come on, church, join me in a spirit of unity. If you join me around these altars, God is going to do something in someone's life right now. And you might be saying, well, I don't need anything in my life. But if you come here and help us to, to create an environment where the Spirit of God could move and there could be a liberty in the Holy Ghost, there's somebody that you might have been sitting next to that needs what I just spoke about. You might not need but somebody you were sitting next to might need this. And if we can only create that environment that's already here for God to minister in someone's life, someone needs to be healed right now. Someone needs the Holy Ghost. Someone needs direction in their lives. Someone needs a sense of purpose in your life. And God is here to do that. With our hands lifted, let's begin to cry out to God. If I've got some altar workers that would help me, let's begin to cry out to God. There are people that are reaching out right now and they're saying, God, fill me. God, fill me.